I'm Jackie Kim, and this is the Barney's Podcast, the show that celebrates fashion, style, culture, and most of all, personality. I'm the associate fashion director at Barney's, so it's my job to look for the next big thing. Whether it's a fashion trend, a cultural movement, or somebody whose style is so bold that they influence the mainstream. I'm always excited to see a trendsetter outside of the fashion industry. And that's why Iman Shumpert caught my eye. Iman is a basketball player. He's a guard for the Sacramento Kings. But the court's not where I first saw him. It was at New York Fashion Week a few seasons ago, outside of a hood by air show, where he was wearing an open HBA jacket and no shirt underneath. Iman also loves crop tops and kilts, so it's no wonder Vogue named him New York Fashion Week's biggest risk taker. Sometimes everybody sort of looks the same. I try and stay away from that. If I show up looking like somebody else, I'm going to have a bad day. Iman stands out, especially in the world of sports. And here at Barney's, we love anyone who is unapologetically themselves. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. All right, so Iman... Yeah, that's awesome that you just called me my first name. <laughs> Is that cool? Yeah, I'm I, that. Do that. I, um, I think that right away, like when you say my full name, like it just automatically just it's like I'm wearing a jersey and it's on my back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it kind of takes away from the person, so it's it's I like it when people just say more. I mean, but today we're really talking about your style. I mean, it's clear that you're a fashion person mm. sitting in front of me. So, tell me, like where this all came from. How did you get into style? Style more so comes from being limited. It becomes smarter to accessorize when you can find like one good one good piece and spend your money there. And then everything else can be really simple, but uh, it's the accessories and the creative vibes that, you know, sort of make you you. So I just tried to always stay true to that. Uh, it's always little things, you know. It's always something with an accessory that you can do. There's always distressing that you can do after you wear something. A lot of times I wear stuff and, you know, I get photographed in it and it's like I want to not wear it anymore. But, you know, when you really like a piece, sometimes, you know, it becomes how can I make this a timeless piece? How can I make it to where I can wear it with more things? And sometimes it's just as simple as a shirt falling to be longer. Mm. And sometimes that takes a little cutting, which... I can cheat sometimes and just take five shirts and say, babe, can you distress this? Like, my wife would just go and just start distressing it because she likes to do stuff like that. But um, Your wife distresses your clothes. Yeah. Sometimes with the tag still on, like, we'll just buy it. Like, you know, a lot of times we buy matching sets. And it'll be like, uh, you know, maybe we bought a couple of blue jean jackets and some blue jeans or whatever. And... We cut them in places where we feel like the, you know, the big brands, like, oh, I wish they would have just right here because it's so tight on my calf. Like, if y'all would have just put right here, just a little stress, distress, it just help me. It'll help me breathe a little bit. Or you'd be like, you know what? Every time I get hot, like, I just get hot in these jeans because they right here, they too tight, whatever. And you just put a little distress right there, get a nice little air pocket. In. It's functional fashion. That's what I was, as I talk about my line more and more, everything's got to do with functional fashion. If it ain't functional, as a grown man with a kid, I don't want to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, you always loved fashion, right? So did you have style icons growing up? My mother taught fashion design. So watching her 
go through the tracing board to grade papers and her grading people's drawings and saying this shirt should fit more like this. Right. Make it realistic. So I'm subconsciously taking little mental images of everything and sort of figuring out on my own what I like. Because I always, anytime my dad wore trench coats, I would go crazy. Like, that's the cool, like, the Dick Tracy joints. He would have them, like, all the way down. Like, but they would be, like, right there at that Capri level, you know, to pop his shoes. So when I wore it, my dad was like, oh, man, that's nice. When did you start wearing trench? I'm like, honestly, Pop, I've been wanting to wear this for so long, ever since seeing you walking from the train, walking to the house. It just was a cool look. I just felt like you just had so much money on you. I can see that you were very inspired by your parents. I didn't know oh, yeah, your mom sure. was a taught fashion designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, um, But that's what we always picked her up in the fashion district. So, so we going downtown, and we're seeing all this stuff. And every time we would pick her up, I noticed that why everybody on this street dress totally different than anything I've ever seen. Like, it's people with all red outfits with a white hoodie. Well, just the hood part is white, and he got a green hat on. And I'm like, why does that look so cool? (laughs) Before I even understood what a look was, like, I'm just seeing people do all of this stuff, and I don't comprehend anything, but I'm taking little snapshots of these outfits if I like them. Like I said, I was limited. Mm -hmm. So with having three other brothers and me going through a growth spurt, like my biggest time for fashion was high school because, you know, middle school, everybody you were around had the same six outfits, and we just switched the shirts here and there. You know, you got a new pair of shoes twice a year, maybe, if that. You know what I mean? So I I, I didn't feel threatened until I got to high school, and it was like all these other kids had now— six years of uh, collecting pieces, and I'm going through a growth spurt where uh, everything's lessening. I'm giving everything to my little brother, and I'm taking hand-me-downs from my big brothers, but then I outgrew my big brothers and had no more hand-me-downs. So it became, okay, now I got to be strategic. Now I'm wearing pants in the winter, and by the summer I'm cutting them into whatever I want. You know what I mean? And I... I had always wore white tube socks to hide that. Um, I've never worn ankle socks. So all this new trend with the the tube socks, this is like working in my favor. Right, Because it takes takes me right back to high school (laughs) where I'm comfortable trying to piece things together to really hide that I don't have a lot of clothes. Because I'm going through a growth spurt, and my pops is like, listen, I get it. But if I got to keep buying these basketball shoes for $200, pimp, you're going to <laughs> you're gonna have to stay strong for the shirts. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it, it was just one of those things, man. I had to be creative all the time. So, you know, taking a bag to break up the fact that I'm wearing the same white tee. Or sometimes we write on stuff because my dad would be like, yeah, that'll wash right off. So it's like, all right, cool. Well, we going to write on the shirt today. I'm going to write on it right here, and now it look like a totally different shirt. We're going to wash that shit right off, and I'm going to wear it different another time. So it's like all those little secrets now, you combine it with the fact that I have access to, you know, big pieces that, you know, those are statement pieces that I could wear, and it makes everything pop, and it just makes it look like I spend so much time dressing. But it becomes fairly easy. After you get the colors that go together, you sort of figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. People that get dressed and care about their clothes, they don't think nothing of fashion. They just be like, yeah, you know, you threw that on. I like how you dress. But they could look at it and be like, all right, that took five minutes. Mm-hmm. Somebody that can't dress, oh, you just took all day getting dressed. You probably was in the mirror all day. And it's like, no, nah, you got to kind of know your color palette. 
So this individuality, <laughs> right, that I, we're speaking about. I have about. to. I know. I love it. You're unapologetically yourself. Yeah, yeah. I and, have to be. and you really believe in that. So that mentality, is this where the high top fade came from? No, actually, the high top came from a depression, really. I had tore my ACL, um, and I felt like I wasn't playing well enough to be getting hurt. So it was like right after the finals, and my brother comes in my room and says, he's got the clipper already, and he's like, all right, get up. I was still struggling. I was just starting to walk, but— I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to leave the bedroom. I just wanted to sit there, and I kept watching the game over and over, and I kept watching the play. I was pushing myself deeper and deeper into the hole. And my brother comes in there, and he said, all right, I don't care what you do today, but you're going to get a haircut and take a shower and come downstairs today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like, we're going to do something new. Like, what you want to do? By this time, my hair's growing down on my face. My chin, chin hair's going crazy. My eyebrows is bigger. You know what I mean? My my hair is into, like, a fro already. And Ari's like, what you want to do? And I was like, you know, I was joking. And I'm like, let's try a hot top. Like, I ain't never did one. You know, get my, you know, Jason Kidd had one. Mike had one. Like, all these people had one. Like, let me just, let me do a hot top so I can feel like I'm in the 90s. So for people that are listening that might not know, can you describe what a high top looks like? So um, high top fade cutting the sides real low, damn near to a ball on the side. Most times, you're probably going to taper the sides. But, yeah, always trying to take the top of the hair as high as you can. It looks best when it's blended dark. But I've seen people do the ball, Will Smith, Fresh Prince one, and then just, like, all hair, which that looks cool, too. It depends on your skin complexion, depends on your swag and how just you dress. Just goes for it. <laughs> hey, man. I, was, I just want to feel like I'm in the 90s again. And I, I cut it into a high top. And then for my birthday, like, we dressed up 90s for, like, a week. Like, I figured I'd have it for a week and cut it off, honestly. Mm-hmm. And the first pictures come out of me going out and having a 90s outfit and hanging out with my best friend. And the moment the pictures come out, everybody in New York is like, yo, he brought back the high top. By the next week, little kids was coming up to me on the street, and everybody that had a fro cut it into a high top. Wow. And then it was like I was taking pictures with, like, groups of 10, and it's like everybody got high tops. And people, it was it was crazy. It was nuts. Like, I, I felt like I had brought a bunch of people together, right? right? And then with that, it felt like during the year when we was playing, it felt like that brought energy. Mm. And I'm I'm all about that, and I think that— when I did the high top and I was the only one with it and then an army formed behind it, it's a whole culture of people that love the 90s. And they feel like this high top, like if they already felt like I played like a 90s Nick, this high top makes them feel like I'm like they just grabbed me out the 90s and threw me here. Like right. that's if that's what makes them want to come to the game and scream a little louder so we get the momentum, then I'm cool with that. Like run with that. You gave them something to believe in, something yeah, to cheer for. Yeah, and it's and and I like you said, even though I'm an individual, I am all about everybody coming together. Mm. It, it got to the point though where it got so tall I couldn't wear it straight anymore. Mm. I used to blow it out and wear it tall, but it started falling over because my hair was too long. And then I turned it into like just having it be a curly top. I wore it curly, and it looked more like a crown to me. So I was cool with it, and then. 
Then I had my daughter. I was like, yo, I got to cut this. So now it brings up something really interesting because now you have become this bigger fashion icon, right? You're not mm. just a ball player anymore. People mm. look to you because you stand out. Mm. And I'm curious to know what is that like kind of on the basketball court? You know, what's that walk like from the car to the <sighs> locker room? How important is that walk? It's like our little runway. It's our time to rip the runway. All the players, I feel like, do a good job of just, you know, making a statement. Sometimes, you know, you could tell how somebody's going to, like, somebody may come in a sweatsuit and you're like, ah, oh, he might not be. <laughs> Feeling <laughs> he might, Yeah, it might not be too many games with him today. Like, he might he might get 40. He, he's thinking about all basketball. Yeah, but it's, there's a way and an attitude that people do. Uh, sometimes guys will dress up in a suit and it's really, that's the, this is all business to me. And, you know, you saw with uh, the Cavs doing it this year with everybody wearing a suit. It's something about a uniform togetherness that makes a statement. And I feel like with the cameras rolling and guys being more and more aware of that walkthrough, because, you know, you had the old, the old uh, you know, the throwback players that were stars that didn't really take it as far as we're taking it now. They didn't get as much coverage as we're getting now. I'm sure if they did, they would take it a little more serious and get dressed a little more. But... You know, you had those guys frowning upon it at first, and it turned into, okay, well, this is a time now we can joke about it. And now it's like, man, they, they're they to the point where they're like, well, we just old because people love this. Like, you know what I mean? People laughed at Russell Westbrook, and then they realized, nah, people around the world really like what Russell is doing. Right, like, they care about They want to see him get dressed. Right. They want to see that. And it's, and it's uh, I think it's a great wake-up call for everybody to just know— like, you know, basketball players, like, what do you think they do? Like, <laughs> you go buy your clothes, we go buy our clothes. Right. Those, that's how yours look, this is how ours look. But don't make it seem like we're not focused on the game mm-hmm. because we got dressed today. Mm-hmm. But uh, besides that, I think as far as the NBA players, like most of them, you're going to see them at Barney's. You're going to see them at Louis. Gucci, you're going to see them at the highest of the high as far as fashion goes. Do you have any favorite brands that fit you the best? Rick Owens. Rick Owens. Yeah, Rick Owens. Down. Rick Owens, Hugo Boss, Philip Lim. They all get it as far as the lengthy tees. Mm. Um, what about custom? Do you get anything custom made? Yeah, I get a lot of stuff. A lot, because you're obviously very tall. Yeah, being tall, yes, but a lot of times it's one of them things, like especially when I meet certain designers, uh, you know, it's usually a conversation. I'll tell somebody that's very, very established, those pants that y'all made, I just... If they only were... If you did them like this, they would win. Right. And sometimes people, before they make them and start making that trend, that's how we'll get them early Mm because they'll be like, thanks for that. Like, that was dope. And it's not nothing for, like, we love fashion so much that it's like, it's not even for the glory of it. I just want it to look good. And I want I want to look in the mirror and know I didn't wear the same thing that I wore yesterday. Because mm. that's what I worked my ass off for. Right. You know, what's so funny is I saw you outside of the Hood by Air show with your wife. Uh-huh. You were wearing a jacket, no shirt. Yeah. It was such a with solid the strap, look. With yes, the strap across exactly. the chest. Yeah. See, I uh I was debating not wearing this the the Velcro part because I what really happened is I had a white shirt and spilled on it. <laughs> a Hood and by Air shirt. So I was going to wear a white button up 
with that hood by air shirt over it. Uh, after I spilled it, I was like, damn, like, so I put it on and it kind of looked cool a little bit like this. So I, I, my wife's in there getting her makeup done. I kind of walk. I'm like, hey, I think, I think I should go like this. Like, I, I low key, you know what I mean? I already spilled on the shirt, so I should probably go like this. And she was like, yes, I love that. Like, any, first of all, anytime I'm going to, shows any type of skin, she's like all for it. Like, <laughs> yes. Cause she you know I'm usually I'm gonna because like I don't know. I don't like when people anticipate something. Mm. So it's like I, I kinda try and make it to where it's like the times I do take my shirt off, people oh you know what I mean? Surprise. Ah, that's nice. I like when you do that. But I ain't gonna do it all the time. See she's more like, I know what you want. And not only I'm going to do it, you thought I was just going to do it, but I'm going to be extra about it. Like, she's like that. But me, I'm I'm just a little more reserved. And uh, so she was like, yes, like, do that. Please, thank you. Like, thank you. And then, I'm, you know, I'm getting dressed, and she's like, put a little oil on. Like, <laughs> she put, put some little, oil on you? Put a little baby oil on there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you hit some angles. That's a wifey right there. Yeah, that yeah, is a wifey yeah, right yeah. there. She's going to milk a moment for it. <laughs> so what was it like walking in? I mean, I'm sure being at that show was crazy, but what was it like walking in and out? That Hood by Airstro, I believe that was one of the first shows we went to. That's the first time I was like, this is this is a little different. Everybody just left. Whoever that was that just walked in, I don't know who that was, but they just completely left and ran over here and took pictures of us walking for 30 to 50 steps. Like, that's a long time for people to just be taking pictures and it right. be flashes it was kind of, it was damn near uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I started worrying about what I had on because I, I really don't believe I had any boxes on. I was just wearing sweatpants. Luckily, they was black. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to think like, whoa, like, let me, damn, should I have worn this outfit? It's daytime while we walking too. Ooh. That's all I'm going through while I'm walking and I'm trying not to trip. Mm. That's the biggest, if the paparazzi is ever following you, if your outfit is really dripping like that, don't trip while you walking, cause the the lights get so bright. I see why people run. Uh, most rappers they run around with shades on, cause if you are gonna take that many pictures, that helps. But block it. Oh man, them them flashes, boy. So Iman, when you are getting dressed in the morning, what is it that you are trying to say to the world? I'm cooler than you. <laughs> <laughs> With the, with the with the thumbs in the ears, with the fingers going, sticking the tongue out, jump like that whole aha! I'm cooler than you guys. That's honestly though, it's um, it, it, that's that sounds funny, but that's seriously what I'm going for because it's uh, it's that it's that it's still that little child in me that's like. What I had a four-year period of growing out of clothes, throwing sneakers out. Now I got stuff that I bought eight years ago. And it's like, I, it still fits. It's still a dope piece. And I still have the story that comes with it. So it's like, ah, <laughs> I got options today. I could have worn this, but I wore this, and it looks cool. Yeah, I guess that's that's what it is. <laughs> All right, Iman, so you're a ball player a hair god, a father, a husband, and a style icon, and now... A champion. A champion, of course. And now you are a musician. So tell me a little bit about your music and what we can expect to hear from you. Well, it's not now that I'm a musician. I've been doing music since I was in, like, sixth grade. 
Really? Uh, that's the difference with me. Yeah, I've never really. That's why I've never really put myself in the category of uh, NBA rapper because there was a time people thought that I like my spoken word teacher told me that I was stunting my growth as an artist and I should think more about leaning towards doing the artist side of things. Like, do this. Like, this is longevity. Like, basketball, we can't even guarantee. And then it was like within the next year and a half, I signed to Georgia Tech and I'm on my way. So with the crossover to the music now, I think what only difference that has happened is I've opened up more. I've stopped muting the curses. Because at this point, I'm raising my daughter. Here and there, I slip up and I curse around my daughter like any parent curses around their kid. And what I learned is I'm here to parent my daughter. So when I mess up, I can let her know, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what she's allowed to do in this household, how she's supposed to present herself to the world. That's something that I have to instill in her. Honestly, if I'm making music and somebody's kid listens to it, that's up to that parent to break that down and help that kid gain an understanding. But let's not think for a second that, you know, these kids don't get access to negative things in the world. Right. It's just if those things go without, you know, an explanation, that's when they become detrimental to somebody's growth. So I think with my music is just I'm trying to keep it to where I won't mute myself. I won't act like I don't curse or I don't do fun stuff. Um, but there's always a purpose to each record, and there's always a deeper message. For those people that are listening that might not know, what is your music like? Where do you get the inspiration from? What does it sound like? What do you talk about? Um, well, my favorite artists are like Andre 3000, Method Man, Jay-Z, Ludacris, and Lupe Fiasco, Kanye West as well. All my music is about what is his subject, and if I say it, in a cool way over a beat and we drop the beat out right there at that moment and it's something that everybody's saying in the club and it make you think about that line to where that line can affect your day and help you in a positive way. And if I can unlock doing that every song, then I could kind of like, we have the quotations around change the world, but you change the world in small battles. Now, I feel like the biggest challenge in the world right now is changing the culture but changing the culture by combining different cultures and making it one and i feel like that's what fashion does the barney's podcast is produced by barney's and transmitter media if you like what you hear rate and review the show it helps other people find us thanks for listening tune in next week are we like keeping this all the way real? I could eat this while we do this? Or are we not even recording? <laughs> you can scarf it. Why don't you just scarf it before we get started? Oh, okay. So I know how genuine you want to be. Because you'll be able to, to hear the, like, the paper and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's cool. That's kind of what comes with me. <laughs> Keep the cameras rolling.